0: What's going on, everybody? Nate here, owner of the Vinegar Strokes, a.k.a. Nader8530, a.k.a. the host of the greatest fantasy football league podcast on all social platforms at Taco Court Pod, a.k.a. Josh Callis's father. And this is the 58 West King Podcast, where if you don't like to hear the words... This is the podcast for you. One, two,
1: three, four. Welcome to the 58 West King Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tony, and this is our week nine NFL preview. I am pleased to introduce to you all my rock, my salvation, your co-commish, Matt Graham. Welcome back, Matt. How you doing?
2: I'm doing good. I am on the mend. Uh, everything went well for anybody who is unsure of the status of my medical procedure. Everything went well. Doctors did good work, and uh, I am at home, resting up, healing up. Um, you kind of filled uh, Nate in for me last week. so uh, We did. Yep. Me and him got into a TIFF last night about 49ers football, so that's fun. But uh, he sounded great. You guys were great without me. So don't think there was a big drop-off in quality, but I'm happy to be back on the pot.
1: There was a big increase in my patients being tested, definitely with Nate and his 49ers fandom, his newfound Jets fandom. So we got a question while you're away from an Eagles fan, I think they're asking a manscaping question. So I heard this. So they said
2: go birds. There's a lot of birds teams in the NFL. Cardinals, Seahawks, Falcons, Ravens, um, almost all of them except for the Cardinals are currently slated for a playoff spot. So it could have been any one of them.
1: Correct. But. Kind of a odd or strange coincidence. You were also having a surgery in your groin region. So look, I don't
2: know the exact number, but there's 350 million people in the United States of America. Um, you can narrow it down a bit to people who root for those fan bases, but I'd imagine there's at least one other person who is in a similar situation as me. I I will give them the same advice I gave myself, and it was walk a fine line between not weird, but also as open and available to the doctor's medical instruments as humanly possible. That's kind of what I was going for.
1: It's also, what, 10, 20 million in Poland? I don't know what their population is.
2: It's true. I don't know if they root for any birds teams. I don't know. I feel like they're a Vikings country.
1: They could have also submitted a a question. They listen. It's true. Big fans. Big fans over there. Well, we're glad to have you back. And um, we have a mailbag question. I believe we did get one more this week. Did did you have that? Got that teed up?
2: I do. I I got it pulled up, yeah. Uh, it's from, uh, from a frequent listener, frequent writer, uh, at Hackett journey. He writes in, Hey guys, love the show. And thanks for answering my questions every week. You're welcome. This week I had a question about, I have a conundrum. Hypothetically speaking, I think my entire team hates my quarterback. How would you handle this specific workplace incident that took place last week in where my quarterback did high steps on a cross Atlantic flight while all of my other players were sleeping? How would you handle that conversation with the quarterback and or team? Thanks in advance for the answer.
1: And this is a, this is a hypothetical, I assume.
2: Hypothetical. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, I mean, calisthenics, it's a long flight. You don't, you know, you don't want to sit there uncomfortable in those small chairs. Right. But calisthenics, they help increase flexibility. Uh, They help with your resting metabolic heart rate and they help enhance and develop muscular and aerobic uh, endurance. So, you know, no hate on calisthenics. Doing them on an airplane, though, I think that's going to help Russell Wilson hypothetically alienate himself from his teammates because they're trying to f-ing sleep on the f-ing airplane. And if that's your goal, go ahead and do it. Because I've heard the rumors that uh, Russell Wilson makes his teammates go through his manager if they want to talk to him.
2: I've I've heard this as well. It's not good. I'm a big vibes guy. I'm a big like eye test. I'm pretty good at telling when someone seems uncomfortable or. When someone seems unhappy, reading body language. Mm-hmm. I've been married for some time now. I've got children. I've gotten pretty good at reading body language. And when you see a quarterback gets sacked, and then no one from his offensive line go to pick him up off the ground, usually a bad sign. So I think if you're at Hackett Journey, you gotta you gotta go take you know take Russ aside, Russ's manager, assume somebody, whoever. And say hey, can we chill it out on the you can, can you tone down being you from whatever the highest setting of you is Mm -hmm. to like half of that setting of you and be not you as much as you're being you. Um, I think it would benefit everybody Broncos country. Let's ride.
1: I mean, if that's his goal though, I mean, he's nailing it, right? He's him.
2: There's no one himmier than him. That's true.
1: All right. Thanks for the question, uh, at Hackett journey. We do appreciate it. Uh, moving on now to our week nine NFL preview. We've got our biggest bye week of the season to this point with six teams taking the week off. It's nasty. I've got a couple leagues where every single player on my bench that I have rostered is on bye. So definitely watching these, uh, these injury reports Wednesday and Thursday, very closely Browns, Cowboys, Broncos, Giants, Steelers, and 49ers. If you hadn't looked at your rosters yet, before we get into our preview though, Matt, how are we doing with our season long picks? We were tied just two weeks ago. I didn't get the update last week.
2: Uh, We were tied two weeks ago. Uh, Going into week eight, I had a one-game advantage on you. Picked a couple, picked the Jets over the Broncos, uh, some things like that, and the Seahawks over the Chargers. I think was what really got me in the lead there. But going into last week, last week you went twelve and three, good week for you, Tony, and I went ten and five. Let's go. Uh, Not as good, but still decent. Bringing our season totals, you are now seventy-four and forty-seven, and I am seventy-three and forty-eight through eight weeks of football.
1: Pretty good. We ha- we've had a couple weeks. We were pretty close to 500. A couple people who do it professionally were like also close to 500 those weeks, so not a huge deal, but I like where we're at. I think we're definitely trending up with these picks.
2: I agree. I agree.
1: Uh, I will say, if you look at the field of experts, the people who do this for money, you know, they're on, they're on TV, they're on Sirius XM, all that good stuff. We're in the mix, and you and I are both operating at above 600, so we're making money. Some of the records I wrote down on moneyline picks this year. So this is just straight up. At the very top, there's websites that track all this. Uh, Mike Florio of NBC's Pro Football Talk. He's 77 and 45. He was the best one I could track. Jeff Ratcliffe from FTN from XM Radio, formerly uh, from PFF. If you've been a longtime listener, he's 76 and 46. Adam Rank, NFL Network. We all know Adam here. He's a friend of the show. He's 72 and 50. Thoughts on Adam? I feel like there's something more there with uh, with Mr. Rank. looks like he's
2: behind us. Mm. And I think he knew that going into the season, he would be behind us through eight weeks of football. And it's why he was a no-show on the show. That's why he missed episode 100. That's why yep. he missed episode 150. Um, and he won't return our calls. And that's okay. We love Adam. He's a great guy. Love the Travis Matthew hat game. Oh, yeah, it's strong. Bears fandom's out of control. He's a good dude. But uh, he's obviously avoiding the pod. And it's because, number one, we're bigger in Poland. Number two, we're better at picking football games. I'll
1: tell you that much. That's exactly what I had teed up. Thank you. Thank you. After Adam, we got got a couple of duds here. Dave Portnoy, uh, the president of wearing tight pants and eating pizza. He's 21 and 23. God awful. He stopped. He gave up. He gave up. Yeah, he gave up after a couple of weeks. Uh, After him, I found uh, Stefania Bell, ESPN. 40 and 35. Not great. She's a doctor. She is, but she throws pics out there. Don't follow him. Fair enough. Big Cat. Uh, If you're on Twitter, you see this dude popping up all over the place. AKA Dan Katz host of part of my take and the rundown he's 59 and 55. Not good. Just not good. Uh, another one I found, this is an interesting one. Cynthia Freeland NFL network. She's 66 and 49 on LinkedIn though. She has herself as an on air predictive analytics expert for the NFL. That's gotta be our new titles, right? Next to podcast hosts. Yes. On air predictive analytics experts for the NFL.
2: Uh, It's tough. We can't be affiliated with the NFL because the NFL is not affiliated with us. Um, We are on-air predictive analysts on the NFL.
1: Analytics experts. You got to toss that in.
2: Okay, sorry. Predictive analytics experts on the NFL. Not for, on.
1: Okay. So we are recording this on a Thursday night, so the Philly-Houston game is about to be underway. We're both on the Eagles, I believe. You got the Eagles? I got the Eagles. So we'll get it started with the Chargers at the Falcons. Chargers are favored by a field goal over unders at forty-eight and a half. and a half. What do you
2: got? I don't know what to do here. I don't know what to do here. Falcons keep putting points on the board. And like that secondary is a mess in Atlanta. DJ Moore and PJ Walker just lit it up. Ended up with a loss because their kicker sucks, but they lit it up. They're a very exciting game and they're not good against run either. The, the problem is it doesn't look like Keenan Allen's going to play. Mike Williams, we know he's out. Josh Palmer is cleared the concussion protocol, but still was listed on the injury report as questionable. He'll play. Um, then you've got DeAndre Carter, Gerald Everett, Austin Eckler probably has a big game. I think you can slate him in for probably a top RB spot. I'm going the Chargers. I'm, I'm going with my gut here and I'm taking LA. Uh, they're coming off a bye. Maybe Keenan Allen plays. Maybe he shut down for the rest of the season. Kind of what it sounds like. But I think Herbert. DeAndre Carter, Josh Palmer, and Gerald Everett. And most importantly, Austin Eckler you know, do a lot of things to get points on the board. But um, expect Caleb Huntley and Tyler Algier to have big games on the ground because the LA Chargers want you to run, they let you run, and it lines pretty good at runs.
1: I was originally on the Chargers in this matchup, so right off the bat, We're going opposite directions. Keenan Allen, you mentioned him. He's another week removed from that hamstring injury, which would make you think he should be getting close to 100%, right? They're coming off the bye. But I think he either suffered a setback, or I think I also saw something that the injury wasn't reacting to the treatment the way they wanted. But he was a DNP at practice on Wednesday, and I believe today as well. Already ruled out. That's not good, considering Mike Williams is still out. I think you mentioned that. My pick here isn't just the Falcons catching the Chargers at the right time timing is everything right but the Chargers are also bad against the run they rank 23rd in defensive DVOA there which happens to be Atlanta's strength you mentioned Algier you mentioned Caleb Huntley I think Cordero Patterson he's also practicing this week they're top 10 in the NFL they want to run the ball early and often give me the underdogs I'm going with Atlanta Matt and what I'm watching if you listened to the last episode Nate and I started dipping our toes into IDP I got more IDP this week the Falcons are second in the NFL and Russian attempts, trailing only Chicago. So Derwin James should be starting. Get Tranquil, get Mack going in this as well. We've seen Atlanta try to establish the run, even if they're down by three scores. I think we saw that like two weeks ago. So the opportunities for those guys to rack up just those IDP stats should be plentiful.
2: Yep, like it, love it.
1: All right, moving on to the Dolphins. They go to Chicago to take on the Bears. Miami comes in favored as the the road team by four and a half, over-unders at 45. What are you doing?
2: Taking the Fins, taking the over. I think this is a sneaky game. We do some DFS with some friends here, without tipping too much of my hat. Maybe they won't listen. Who knows? Kind of like the the game stack of Chicago going against the Dolphins here. All of a sudden, the Chicago Bears changed things, and they look like a competent football team on offense. At least an interesting enough team. They put up points. They push teams. Um, yes, they lost forty nine to what twenty seven against the Cowboys. Cool. It was a high-scoring game. High-scoring affair. And the Finns put
1: up... That's that's all we're going for.
2: The Finns put up points, and, you know, they did add Bradley Chubb. We'll see how involved he is this week. Doubt that he'll be a huge part of the defensive stat plan for them. So they're probably going to give up some more points. They just did to the Detroit Lions. I I imagine Justin Fields and them do a good job. I'm saying all of this. I do expect the Dolphins to win the game. I'm not getting crazy picking the Bears to win, but I do think that they'll be competitive, and they'll be able to push this game enough to where they do hit the old.
1: Bears are piecing out their defense, trading Roquan Smith on Monday and then Robert Quinn the week prior. That was most of their defense, at least where they're having success. Yeah, Matt's raising the roof there. I didn't see that. I saw the corner of my eye. Went to the Eagles. Uh, Their offense, though, for the Bears has shown some signs of life with fields, but the the Dolphins, I think we both agree that they're in a different class. Uh, Two in that offense shouldn't have a problem running or passing on Chicago, especially since they're starting to piece out that defense. And their defense is good against the rush, which is what Chicago wants to do. The Dolphins ranked ninth against the rush in terms of efficiency. So give me the Dolphins as well here. What I'm watching more IDP, the Bears lead the league in rushing attempts. Kind of mentioned that in the last matchup. So fire up your Dolphins defenders. I got guys like Jerome Baker, Elandon Roberts, Javon Holland, Brandon Jones. They should all be able to kind of fill up the stat box for you in this matchup. Next one, Carolina. They go to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals, where Cincinnati is favored by eight and a half over or under at 43.5. What the hell are you doing with this one?
2: I don't like this eight and a half. That... Sands, Jamar Chase.
1: The Bengals look like the Bengal Kitty Cats. Uh, they got. Can I can I put my tinfoil hat on for a second? Is that cool? Yes, let's do it. Love it. There was a better who had a 17 leg parlay. Did you see that going into this Bengals Browns matchup did. Did. on Monday? So he had hit 16 legs going into the Monday Night Football matchup. All he needed was for Joe Mixon to rush for 64 yards. You mentioned Jamar Chase. He's out. So the thinking there is that the Bengals should have little issue with the Browns, right? They've looked bad. That the Bengals would lean on the run in what should have been a positive game script, right, for Cincy. The Browns also had the fourth worst rushing defense in the NFL going into that matchup. So naturally, the Bengals turn the ball over twice, Mixon runs for twenty seven yards on eight carries, and as a result, that sports book is still in business because that ticket would have cashed for two hundred forty thousand dollars.
2: Crazy. Why we don't parlay? Why you don't parlay? Oh, sorry. Every week we see some somebody who wins a crazy parlay or gets close to winning a crazy parlay, and it's always foiled. It's always foiled at the last leg on primetime Sunday or Monday night football with some like it looks like a slam dunk of a pick gets just and you can say a lot of things. I'm going to chalk it up to this. I don't believe in Zach Taylor's play calling ability. I think he prematurely gave himself a pat on the back when when they blow out. Was it the? Uh, it was bad team. They blew out the Atlanta. Falcons. Yeah, they blew out the Falcons and scored like you know Joe Burrow had a career day and four hundred and fifty yards passing, I think five touchdowns. And he's like, I told you guys to be patient with me, calm down. We are going to get this thing sorted out. Uh, fast forward to Monday Night Football against a, a Jacoby Brissett led Browns team. We lose about thirty five. Oh my god, the Bengals are going to win the game, but they're going to win. I'm taking Cincinnati probably run some more maybe do some different things I, I honestly think that zach taylor needs to look deep into his soul and probably alleviate his performance as head coach and give up play calling i don't think he will but i think he should uh, i think t higgins does a better job of he couldn't get open against brown shout out brown's cornerbacks pretty much kept t higgins get a touchdown but otherwise they kept him pretty much on the wraps i do expect t higgins to step up have a better a bigger and better role this week uh, maybe joe burrow learns how to pick up blitz packages and uh yeah they get gonna win
1: Yeah NFL definitely isn't rigged right I think the Bengals bounce back as well Barring any massive parlays I guess keep your eyes open uh, Going into the matchup What sportsbook was it? I think it looked like FanDuel I can never tell Because they don't show like the whole thing right They don't want to show like what their Dollar amount in the account is and all that So I think it was FanDuel I don't know But the Panthers are 27th against the pass So things should open up for Burrow Boyd, Higgins, Hurst Give me Cincy And what I'm watching in this one for the Panthers Is DJ Moore Last week, he ran 90% of the routes. He was targeted on 30% of the routes, which was good for a 31% target share with an 8 out of 22.9. Most of that probably is credited to that 70-yard pass, right? Uh, also got 40% of the end zone targets. So you like all of that stuff. This is DJ Moore's season, finally.
2: I'm dancing. I've got him on 80% of my teams. So, and some of them are doing really well. Like I was, you know, he was like the weak link in my wide receiver cores coming into these last two weeks. And I'm just mm-hmm. like... Just waiting waiting to, uh, wait to raise those trophies, Yeah, Just, just wait.
1: The patience has paid off. All right, moving on to our next matchup. The Packers go to Detroit to take on the Lions. Green Bay comes in favored by 3.5 over under. It's high. It's at 49. Rightfully so, right with the Lions defense. Who you got?
2: I don't know. Who do you got, Tony? Want well, me to go first? I want you to go first this time because I, I am about as on the fence as I am with any
1: of these picks. This was a tough one. There were a good, I think, four that I had to think long and hard about, but... The Packers showed some sign of life in the second half against the Bills, if you watched that game. They were running the ball with force, getting chunk play after chunk play, even after A.J. Dillon went down. Uh, Rodgers and Dobbs made a couple of plays to help move the chains and eventually score on one of the drives. Now, Green Bay lost, but I felt a lot better about their offense, especially going up against the Bills, coming out of that and then going into the, the matchup this week with Detroit. I think the matchup with Detroit, I don't know if we have Dr. Matt coming in. I think it's just what the doctor's ordering, though, for the Packers. Detroit, they're dead last in terms of defensive DVOA. They're not good, and I think the Hawkinson trade was a low key towel being tossed into the ring uh, on 2022. Give me the Packers.
2: Uh, so yeah, I'm, I just spent some time with some of the best physicians that UCLA Ronald Medical Center have to offer. Uh, I think I'm going to retire, Dr. Matt. I don't think it's appropriate to uh, to tout that as a uh, as a as a vibe anymore. But I will say this: yes, if you're in a, if you're in a slump. There's nothing like going up against the Detroit Lions defense to get you out of that slump. Fresh off of, yeah, trading Hawkinson, firing their defensive backs coach, which is like, you know, it's a button you push when you don't know what button to push. You're like, I got to f- Someone's <laughs> got to get fired. I think it could be me. Uh, sorry, defensive backs coach. You're gone. Um, that being said, I think this is a big Aaron Jones game. The running game from Green Bay gets a lot done. I still don't believe in that passing game. Like, Green Bay's passing attack with Rodgers and Dobbs and... Watkins and Watson and Lazar they just they haven't shown enough against good defenses and definitely haven't shown anything against bad like they've never been taking advantage of any of the matchups good or bad they showed some things last week sure in a game that was decided from the first snap of the game so uh, I I'm going Green Bay but this is like Detroit Super Bowl like <laughs> it really is Dan Campbell's going to have the team fired up I would not be surprised if Green Bay loses again but I am picking them
1: what did we say, like, two weeks ago? There's no way the Packers lose three games in a row.
2: Dude, I was looking at it. They lost to the <laughs> Commanders, the Giants, the Jets, the Bills. And you're like, what is happening?
1: Matt, there's no way the Packers lose five games in a row, right? They lost
2: to every New York team. They just got just just big city living, just smacking the s*** out of Midwest. Uh,
1: good news, the Lions don't play in New York, I guess. No, they don't. Uh, what I'm watching, you mentioned some Green Bay receivers. Uh, if Lazard and Watson miss time, Dobbs is a definite start. For fantasy and this Samare Torre guy is worth a look in DFS, is that budget player, right? Like every week you're looking for a guy who's like in the two to three thousand dollar range. In week eight, he ran thirty-eight percent of the routes, targeted on twenty-one percent of his routes run, twelve percent target share. It was low. Watson eventually went out, he got injured second quarter, I can't remember. His a dot was at twenty-four, so huge. And then uh if you watch the game, his touchdown catch put a big old smile on Aaron Rodgers' face. And our model loves, loves when you can make Aaron Rodgers smile, so
2: his family doesn't make him smile. So,
1: <laughs> no, absolutely not. All right, moving on to the Indianapolis Colts. They're going to New England to take on the Patriots this week. New England is favored by six and a half. Over/unders low. It's at thirty-nine and a half. We got.
2: I predict this to be a low-scoring game, so I, that over/under sounds about right. Yep. I still I think I take over just because it's, it's low. Um, taking New England, their offense. I'm trying to think of the way to put this. They just beat the Jets. Defensively, they did a great job of making the Jets look incompetent, which the Jets have looked the opposite of that most of the season. But their offense was terrible. Like, Mac Jones did not look good. Like he did not look good at all. Colts' defense is a decent unit. I don't I don't think it's as good as the Jets' unit, but it's a decent unit. Um, that being said, Sammy, Sam Ellinger, Jonathan Taylor maybe banged up. They just traded away Naheem Hines for Zach Moss. We'll see what that what kind of impact that has. I don't think any of these trades will have any impact on these weeks, but um, we'll have to look at that going forward. Uh, I'm taking the Patriots to win. It's in new England. I got some stats for you that I heard from another podcast in the month of November, the Patriots are 24 and eight since 2013, including a 13 and one record at home. I like I'll that. That. Wins in November. You know? And I think they're going to do the same. So from a, from around the NFL podcast on the NFL. no,
1: I'm bleeping all of that out. <laughs> uh, the Colts are bad 30th in passing efficiency dead last in rushing efficiency dead last overall in DVOA on defense they've got some players, they just haven't been able to put anything together the Patriots on the other side they haven't been anything special but this game being Gillette, Sam Ellinger starting Jonathan Taylor as a DNP on Wednesday due to the ankle it has the markings for an ugly Patriots win I was going to bring up the stats for November with the Patriots I think they win this game Give me New England as well. What I'm watching, New England defenders, so more IDP focus here. Obviously, Matthew Judon, Dietrich Wise, Devin McCordy, Jawan Bentley. And why? Because Indy's second in the league in turnovers, and they have allowed the fourth most sacks. So lots of ingredients for a high-scoring game on the defensive side for IDP players. Moving on now to the Bills. Going to New York to take on the Jets. Buffalo, massive favorites. Probably not going to hit this. It's at 12.5. Over-unders at 47.5 we got.
2: Buffalo! Yep. Buffalo! Bills. Are there buffalo in the. In, their logo is a buffalo, but it's like, are there. I don't. Well,
1: there used to be. There used to be a lot of buffaloes in the United States, Matt.
2: There used to be a lot of buffaloes in the United States. Are we sure that there were any in that part of New York?
1: I'm sure there were. We just wiped them out as we kind of migrated west, right?
2: Yeah, and now we, uh, we honor their. We honor their sacrifice by jumping through tables <laughs> and
1: smashing on opponents on the football team. That's right. Go
2: Bills! I, I actually like the Bills. I think they're going to win the Super Bowl. Like even if it was an Eagles Bills Super Bowl, I think that would put me at the most calm. Obviously, I'd root for the Eagles, but if the Bills won, I would not be sad at all. Give me the Bills to just just smash on the Jets this weekend. Just this this uh, this New York, you know, love New York's been feeling with the. Jets and the Giants winning football games is you know last week it took you know the car stalled a little bit you're like all right get start back up again and now it's just going to get hit in an intersection by a by a truck.
1: (laughs) Well, I think it already stalled. They're just kind of coasting down a, a big hill.
2: Yes, and they can't stop. The brakes went out.
1: Yeah, last week they just started going up the hill a little bit, so they lost their momentum. But the Jets, they have a bottom five offense in terms of passing, bottom five in third down percentage. No, Brees Hall, Zach Wilson stinks. He's garbage. This should be an absolute bloodbath. I'm taking Buffalo, but I wouldn't feel good about the overhitting. The Bills, if you watch them this year, they have their eyes on the Super Bowl, right? And they've been taking their foot off the gas pedal this season in the second half. Once they get that comfortable lead, the Bills are dead last in beating their over in 2022. Not surprising. Also, the Jets likely won't be able to score their share of points against the Bills' top-ranked defense. So I'm in on the Bills, out on the spread, and also out on the over. What I'm watching, uh, Bills defenders, so more IDP here, Matt Milano about 12 fantasy points per game. Tremaine Edmonds, 13. Uh, Taron Johnson, 10 uh, fantasy points per game. Yep. Tredavious White's coming back. Jordan Poyer, 11.7 fantasy points per game. And Greg Rousseau and Von Miller, just under 10 points per game. So lots of guys you can start here. And for this matchup uh, in particular, the Jets have 12 turnovers on the year and they've given up 19 sacks. So this feels like one of those five to six sack, two turnover outings for uh, the Bills.
2: In my IDP league, I have Greg Rousseau, Matt Milano, Tredavious White, and Greg Rousseau, all yeah. I just just give me all the Bills' defenders. It's 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 a it's a, it's a dynasty league. too. It's the same league that Nate's in, yeah. and I've just been dealing with the injuries. I, my IR spot's been filled with with Buffalo defenders. I was like, I'm not coming off. And I'm, I'm, I'm
1: White is so good. And I didn't realize how good he was until I did that podcast with uh, with Nate where we were drafting Whites. Yeah. Sixteen interceptions in like four and a half seasons. That's nuts. So I hope he returns to to that form. If he does, like the Bills already the favorites to win, right? But how much more does that help them? Yep. Alright, next matchup, Vikings. They go to Washington to take on the Commanders. The soon-to-be Jeff Bezos-owned Washington Commanders. The Vikings are road favorites. They get a field goal. Over-unders at 44.5. We got... Uh, What time is this game being played? I think this is still in the early set.
2: Minnesota. Cool. As long as it's not a primetime, under the lights, Kirk Cousins on display game, I'm taking Minnesota. It's... Look, Taylor Heineke has been frisky. He's not... He's not the guy. The commander's defense has been frisky. I don't think they've corralled Justin Jefferson, who's been doing a good job. Um, even more so, Dalvin Cook's been doing a really good job on the ground if he's going to continue to have success here against Washington. Um, offensive side ball for Washington. Terry McLaurin, you like what he's been able to do since Heineke's entered the scene with wentz out. I think McLaurin's eclipsed the 30% mark of target share in the offense. You love to see it. Curtis Daniels also averaging like. We have nine rushes last week, on top of ten catches, and we 20 20 touches. So you like what they're doing for the fantasy players out of the Washington offense. So fire them up, but uh, Minnesota's going to win, and I don't think they'll, they'll cover just because they don't they play tight games against
1: whoever they play. So Minnesota, the Vikings are six and one coming into this matchup. I didn't think they could do it. We talked about this preseason. I didn't think they could win the division. I did. I picked them to win the division. I didn't think they could do it, but Kevin O'Connell. Adding Zedarius Smith to that defense. Those sons of bitches, they did it, Matt. They added TJ Hawkinson this week, who's an upgrade for them for that position as well. They just lost Irv Smith for, I think, most of the regular season. They're up four games in the loss column to the Packers in this division. And they beat them in week one, so they currently own the tiebreaker. The Vikings, though, they're fourth in rushing DVOA, 11th overall in offense. Defense is kind of middle of the pack. But against Heineke, I'm really not that worried. Taylor grades out as one of the worst quarterbacks in the league for PFF. I only saw three quarterbacks above him this year. That's uh, Case Keenum, Jacob Eason, and Malik Willis. Who? Exactly. Tyler Heineke, he's made some plays, but he stinks too. Give me the Vikings. What I'm watching, Minnesota defenders. So guys like Hicks, 14.5 fantasy points per game. The aforementioned Zadarius Smith, 14 fantasy points per game. Harrison Smith's up there. Cam Dansler, Eric Kendricks, phenomenal UCLA linebacker. Incredible college pedigree, 11.5 fantasy points per game. Uh, The Vikings defense, they've been great for IDP, and the commanders come into this matchup giving up the third most sacks in the league, and they've tossed 12 interceptions. Yes to all of that. Moving on now to the Las Vegas Raiders. They go to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars. They're favored. The Raiders are by one point. Over-unders at 46.5. Who you got? This
2: is the other one that was difficult. I've been burned by the Jags a few weeks in a row. I'm ready to be hurt by a different team. <laughs> give me give me Vegas. Give me the uh, second closed-door meeting um, b- between Mark Davis and Josh McDaniel that delayed a press conference. That's not fair. What are you guys doing? Yeah. Everyone's like, how do we know about these closed-door meetings? Because the f-ing press is waiting to talk to Josh McDaniel mm-hmm. as he walks into a room where Mark Davis clearly is. <laughs> um, I, that being said, I think what Vegas wants to do on the ground, what they can't. There is one caveat. I will say this. Devontae Adams is a non-participant in practice yesterday with an illness. Limited. Limited. Illness.
1: Last last week he didn't practice at all because of that. What
2: what is an undisclosed illness? Because I think undisclosed illness could be COVID and they don't have to call it COVID. Because think about this. Look at the Titans. Their quarterback, Tannehill, had an undisclosed illness and he didn't even travel with the team. Chances are he probably had COVID. I just don't have cleaner. I don't know that. All that being said, if Adams plays, I think I can. I do that. I don't want to do that with a non-quarterback. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that guy. I'm taking Vegas. I'm taking Vegas. I'm there taking Josh Jacobs in that run game against the Jags, um, and I'm I'm taking the 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 terrible red zone offense that is Jacksonville to continue to struggle um, in the 20s.
1: Outside of playing in one of the more difficult places to play in the NFL last week, the Raiders uh, were without Darren Waller. Uh, Devontae Adams, you mentioned he was playing through an illness, throwing up some air quotes because we're not sure what that means. But he did return to practice on Wednesday in a limited fashion. Darren Waller also returned to practice in in a limited fashion. So that's a positive sign for Las Vegas getting their, their stars back at the receiver and tight end positions. They get a better run game matchup here as well with the Jags ranking 20th against the run in defensive DVOA. And the Raiders, they did slip a few spots. They were first a couple weeks ago. Uh, Coming into this one, they rank 8th, though, on the ground. I think the Raiders get back to running the ball effectively. They ran for just 2.9 yards per carry last week against the Saints. And as I mentioned, they got Waller and Adams back i like las vegas in this matchup
2: i'm bummed about waller coming back i don't own him anywhere in fantasy and moreau is one of my favorite punt plays on dfs tight ends at like 3100 i had him i had him a couple weeks ago He's, he scored like 14 points You're
1: like he beat his projections in uh, both of the last two weeks
2: they i was uh, listening to a i was listening somewhere reading an article he actually has a higher target share than darren waller does when darren waller's healthy <laughs> it makes no sense it's not by much, yeah. like twenty like percent to sixteen percent. It's a very limited, but it's like he's just like a really tall dude that like Car likes to throw the ball on
1: third and four, just the way it works. Absolutely. Next matchup, the Seahawks they go to Arizona to take on the Cardinals. Arizona's favorite at home by two and a half. Over under set at forty nine point five. This was like difficult matchup number three to pick. What do you got?
2: You got Seattle, and this over under is atrocious. They just faced three weeks ago, and the score was what seventeen to nine i think is what the final was like i'm um, this and this also is the game that started the seahawks like defensive turnaround because they played weeks one through five i think seattle was like 30th in pff defensive rankings i believe and then they've been yeah. like top five since then week six seven and eight the last three weeks they've been a the top five defensive team obviously that has a lot to do with who they're playing but it started with holding the deandre hopkins list Cardinals to nine points, so you gotta give them up there. But I just like the way Seattle's playing offensively and defensively, they're playing good football. I just got to a huge uh, altercation via text with, <laughs> with Nate yesterday about how I think Seahawks might end up winning this division. I and I'm, I, I definitely went a little crazy because I do think that the Niners are very good, and with Trish McCaffrey, they're very good. Oh, I said it right. Um, that being said, I'm taking the Seahawks, to beat the Cardinals. Cardinals are a dumpster fire, they're poorly coached. They're on hard knocks, which seems like a bad idea. Seems like at some point, somebody smart, and I don't think there are any smart people working in the Arizona Cardinals for an office because of how they extended their coach, GM, and quarterback after a losing season. But um, somebody's like, hey, guys, should we really do put the stress of cameras on what seems a very flim flammy relationship between our head coach and quarterback? Um, I can't wait to see it. Hopefully it's as entertaining as they. I...
1: I had completely forgot. They were doing the in season thing this year uh, mm-hmm. for hard knocks. Like first all, I know they do one on Amazon. I forget what it's called, but yeah, I'm looking forward to watching that,
2: but give me Seattle. I think so. Seattle okay. continues to do what they've been doing and they're just playing good football.
1: You mentioned a lot of the stuff I had in my notes here. Uh, Seattle's turned things around on defense. At the beginning of the season, we were discussing them in the same breath as the Lions. Not good, right? They've now got the 11th-ranked defense, according to Football Outsiders. They've been better against the run, better against the pass. They're now number eight in the NFL in sacks, fifth in interceptions, and 10th in third-down percentage. So they're stopping drives at an above-average clip. You like all of it. And the offense is seventh overall in DVOA, so give me the Seahawks as well. Arizona, they're not good offensively kind of a roller coaster if you do play like kyler uh in like dfs you get nothing the first half you get zero points everything comes in the second half it's very stressful high anxiety but arizona is not good defensively as well go ahead and insert your kyler call of duty joke here fully expected you to say something about that
2: i do i've got i've got a couple good ones here i think that there's another avenue that's not being paid attention to um and it's that Call of Duty is important to everybody who plays Call of Duty. I've been playing it nonstop. I'm almost, I'm almost, uh, I'm not going to rank 49 out of 55. This game just came out last week.
1: Obviously. How, how was, many Prestiges is that? That one?
2: Yeah, I haven't even gotten to what first Prestige yet. But the quicker way to get to the Prestige, and this is what I'm, I'm saying here. I think Kyler's malnourished. I think that's a problem. Mm. Because to get, to get double XP tokens, or mm. to get, Exclusive content. You either have to buy Jack's Link beef jerky from Walmart, or order Little Caesars pizza with Mountain Dew. So I think I think Kyler's just shoveling down Jack's Jack's Link beef jerky and Little Caesars pizza and Mountain Dew into his system, and I think it's having an effect on his uh, on his performance on the field. I mean, I I think it's beyond his time not watching film, and has now gotten into his uh, his dietary issues.
1: This is where you insert the uh, Wolf of Wall Street, one of us things, right? One of us. Right, we've done that. We've done the Little Caesars, binge eating uh, two large pizzas, the Mountain Dew, the Code Red.
2: Yeah, I can't do Little Caesars. It gives me tummy issues. But I
1: didn't know any of that. I didn't know they were making you buy Jack's Links and Little Caesars now. That's crazy. Shout
2: out Terrence Dunn. He's, uh, I, I didn't know about the Little Caesars. And he's like, yep, just got a pizza, Mountain Dew, ready to boot up this token. I was like, that's what, that's what I'm talking about. That's commitment. And then I was like, light bulb, Kyle was probably doing this too.
1: All right, let's bring it back in. What I'm watching for this game, Seattle defensive players, uh, Jordan Brooks, 13 and a half points per game in Musu 11.7 points per game Cody Barton he's good he's doing 10 a game Tariq Woolen 10 a game as I mentioned the Seahawks are top 10 in sacks and interceptions the Cardinals have given up 20 sacks which is 10th worst in the NFL and they have 12 turnovers on the year so plenty of opportunities uh, are going to be there for the Seahawks defense in this game
2: Woolen for defensive rookie of the year you think so I don't think he'll win but I would like to see him
1: he's All doing right. he's doing a lot of good things take a look at the uh the odds after the show Moving on now to the Rams. They go to Tampa Bay to take on the Bucs. Tampa is favored by two and a half. Over-under for this one's 42 and a half. What do you got? We got the Bucs. It's
2: at home. I feel like it's tough because I've watched the Rams, watched the Bucs last few weeks, and I just feel like the Rams are a bad team playing bad. I feel like the Bucks are a better team playing bad. Uh, I don't think they're, I think they're marginally better. I think both teams hopefully get a little bit right on offense. There's more offense production. So I kind of sneakily like the over and in DFS, I like Godwin to continue getting his 14 targets a game or whatever it is, and to finally find an end zone and, and justify his like 60, I don't know, whatever his 6,000 to 6,500 price tag. But I think the Bucks kind of get things right. They get some pieces back on defense. I think Sean Murphy Bunting's back in the lineup for them this week, um, and he's a huge part of how that secondary operates. So I like the Bucks to get the W, and for the Rams to continue to slide.
1: Sorry, sorry. It's okay. This may come as a surprise to many people. But as a Rams fan, I think they stink this year uh, as well. The Rams are 23rd in the league in offensive efficiency, and they're just middle of the pack on defense. The big problem, if you've watched the games, you've seen it, is the offensive line. Um, You'd love to get the the ball downfield, right? Stafford's yards per attempt is just uh, 6.8 on the year. Josh Allen for context is 8.3. Patrick Mahomes, 7.8. Jared Goff is 7.7. So it's low for Stafford and it's because the line can't stop anybody. No nope, boom, our left tackle who replaced Andrew Whitworth. He's out for the year. Our guards have uh, rotated in and out. We've had like second and third string guys in there because of injury. And we just got our center back last week in Brian Allen. So zero continuity on the line. Uh, we got backups in, lost our left tackle. The Rams have given up 24 sacks this year, sixth worst. Uh, the team they are playing this week, you mentioned it, the bucks They're third in the league with 25 sacks in the year. I think this line is right. It's going to be close, but I'm taking the Bucs as well at home. All right, moving on now to our Sunday night football matchup. Tennessee, they go to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. Double-digit favorite here. Uh, Chiefs are favored by 11. 46 and a half is the over-under. What do you got? What are you doing with this one? Kansas City. Yeah?
2: Kansas City. I got Kansas City winning the game. Covering is tough because I think Derrick Henry has a good day against this run defense, who has looked good at times, but it also has struggled against like Josh Jacobs and then and, the, and the Raiders. So I, I expect them. I expect the Titans to get theirs on the ground. I but I mean, there's only so much you can do. Tannehill should be playing in this game, but it's not. It's not a foregone conclusion. There's still a possibility that Malik Willis plays. I think if Malik Willis plays. You got to take the Chiefs to cover, and I think that's kind of where that lines at from um, Vegas. But Tannehill plays the Titans probably cover but I think the Chiefs win at home but I say that last year beat the Chiefs right but that was in that was in uh that was in Tennessee so I am taking the Chiefs Mahomes Mahomes Juju Kadarius Tony goes off rips off a big game I don't think to score a touchdown but I think he's gonna have like this cool play where they work to man and he gets like a 20-yard gain, whether it's run or yep. like a jet bleep or a screen bubble pass or some bullshit. <laughs> some Andy Reid awesomeness that gets him 20 yards and the Giants are just like, why did we trade him when we have no receivers?
1: <laughs> I'm also taking the Chiefs here. Tannehill's not hundred percent. If he even plays. Malik Willis, if you watched the game last week, he's not ready for the NFL just yet. He went six for ten for fifty-five yards and a pick. And the third worst passing grade for all quarterbacks in the nfl this year belonged to Malik willis uh mentioned him a couple matchups up so he's 48th out of 50 eligible quarterbacks on pff not great
2: oh uh, yeah king henry was limited practice on wednesday with a foot issue
1: dnp on thursday did you see that Ooh. but but if you look at the nbc sports edge or whatever their account is it hasn't changed a roto for some reason in that thread uh one of the beat reporters posted a video where they asked henry about it he said the foot's fine he's gonna play so don't worry about that Uh, The Chiefs, though, they're middle of the pack, stopping the run. Even if the Titans do get Henry going, which sounds like he's going to play according to the man himself, uh, they're 22nd in the league in offensive efficiency. That's not going to be enough to keep pace with the top-ranked offense in the NFL, in the Chiefs. I like Kansas City in this matchup. What I'm watching, you mentioned him. The Giants traded him uh, last week. Kadarius Toney so the Chiefs have had zero consistency at the wide receiver position this year Travis Kelsey he's a staple of the offense right but Juju has an 18% target share MBS 15% Nicole Hardman 10% and then Sky Moore slipping in there with 5% so is this going to finally be the guy you can rely on week in week out if you've watched some of him like playing healthy the dude can run a route he gets open the issue in New York was the offense was never competent enough to to get him the ball. So
2: and he and he was never healthy to be on the field. He had like thirteen different injury designations in the year and a half of football. Yeah, that's a concern for sure. But hey, it's just another. Even if they only have him for fifteen meaningful snaps a week, even if the ten meaningful snaps, if he gets two targets that are huge uh, game breakers, that's what the Chiefs want.
1: Yeah, I'll take Andy Reid over Joe Judge and now uh, Brian Dayball. Brian Dayballs ten times out of ten. Moving on to our Monday night football matchup. The Ravens go to New Orleans to take on the Saints. They come in favored by 3. The Ravens do this over/unders high. It's at 48. What are you doing with this one? This was the fourth one I kind of went back and forth on a couple times.
2: I'm taking Baltimore to figure out that there's no reason for them to throw 31 times in the first half of football. Um, they've also had a long week to prepare. They played on Thursday night football last week. I think they're going to get back to running the ball and I think you can get yours. The Raiders kind of ran up against a brick wall. Literally, Devontae Adams ran up against a Davenport-sized brick wall. Did you watch that play? Yeah. It is pretty incredible. Um, But take that game out, and they've been a middling run defense at best um, in in New Orleans. So I I think that the Ravens get back to basics. They they don't have a whole lot of pass catchers, honestly. I'd like to see if Mark Andrews plays. I don't think he's going to. Bateman is not going to play. So you've got Duvernay. You've got Isaiah Likely who is likely to uh, be in my starting rotations. Oh
1: my God, I can't I tolerate they're... another likely joke. Sorry. Also, a note, if you haven't seen it yet, if you haven't been on Twitter, uh, Bateman's done for the year. He's having foot surgery.
2: Oh, see? I did not know that. Yep. I've not have been on Twitter. Uh, Alright, well, so he's out. So, uh, fire up Isaiah Likely because he looks like a wide receiver playing tight end. So um, That all being said, I think they're going to run the ball this week and have a very efficient time doing it. And I think, you know, who they get back on defense? they got somebody back on defense. they got Traverius Bowser back, and then they also obviously traded for Roquan Smith. We'll see how involved he is in the defensive game plan this week. Those are some decent pieces to add to the to that team to, to hopefully, you know, slow down Andy Dalton. Uh, Michael Thomas out for the season. Have you seen that? Yeah. He's, he's <laughs> I mean, come on. What are you going to do? It's, it's unfortunate because uh, he's flashed, but he's out for the season. So fire up Chris Olave. Chris Olave is going to be the best rookie wide receiver in football. And uh, yeah, but all that, I'm taking the Ravens. I the Ravens are going to win I'm taking Baltimore. They're the better team. They're the better team. Eagles get the Saints pick. Saints seem to lose.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like that. I'm going to give some credit here where credit is due. And it pains me to say this, but I think Nate was onto something when he talked last week in our preview episode about places in the NFL that are just difficult to play at. The Superdome is one of those places. We know the Ravens aren't coming in at 100%. Um, They're missing, you know, you mentioned Rashad Bateman. Dobbins still isn't playing. Uh, Gus Edwards possibly isn't playing. Mark Andrews possibly isn't playing. None of those guys have practiced yet. They're 25th against the run. I do like the additions on defense long-term. Maybe not this week, but they get the saints who have a top 12 defense. The saints are coming off a shutout against the Raiders. They shut down Las Vegas in every way imaginable, uh, the defense. They're solid there and their run game is sixth in rushing DVOA, which pairs well with what the Ravens are lacking on the defensive side. So give me the saints. We're on the opposing ends here. I think it's going to be a close game though. What I'm watching. If Mark Andrews doesn't play Isaiah likely, We already talked about him in week eight, he ran 82% of the routes. He gathered a 21% target share and had an eight had an A dot of 10.4, which is really good for a tight end. Uh, end zone targets also were at 33%, so we got a third of those. You like all of that? Um, might even be startable considering Bateman's out and then Duvernay and Crochet, If you've watched them, they haven't really been uh, all that consistent. So, anything to add?
2: Yeah, we uh, we only disagree on two games this week. Really,
1: which ones? Besides that one,
2: you are on the NFC South. You're on Team NFC South. Atlanta, New Orleans. We love to see it. And I'm on Team Chargers and Baltimore Ravens. Okay. I'm I'm sticking to some semblance of what we thought preseason, and I'm probably going to be wrong. I'm just trying to put some common thread through these games that we've disagreed on. Just two, just two. Interesting.
1: All right, awesome preview there, Matt. Glad to have you back. I'm uh, not sure if I could have taken Nate and his 49ers and also Jets fandom a second week in a row.
2: Don't worry about that. That's going to go by the wayside here in about a week. <laughs> They're playing Buffalo this week, and the all Niners right. are on by, so I think it would have been all right. I think you guys have been fine. honestly. If I wouldn't have been back this week, it would be because I wouldn't be back any week. <laughs> so we're glad that
1: that's not the case. I'm happy to be back. <laughs> that is true. Uh, any closing thoughts before we get out of here?
2: I do have some advice. Don't count your chickens before they hatch. Okay?
1: Okay. Is there, is there, a, is there a hook on this?
2: Falcons over the 49ers in the NFC. <laughs> this is what I really want to leave my closing rant that I have. And it's the fact that Brandon Beisner is number one in 58 West King and Taco Corp currently. Is and it? it is f***ing disgraceful. Yes. Wow. All right, let me double check this math. Because I'm in second place in Taco Corp. And I'm like in seventh place. But I'm on the rise in, in 58 West King. My players are starting to hit.
1: It's a long time coming for Brandon because he has not been good he in our league. He talked a lot of
2: yeah. shit. Yeah, too hot yeah. to handle Brandon Beisner with a 6-2 and two record over there and the number one in points over in Taco Corp currently. Wow. And then obviously he is dominating. I play him. I play him this week. I play the Midi Clackers, Boner Jams 03, and by week hell going against Midi Clackers. We'll see what happens. Well done, Brandon. At least it's not Josh, but
1: damn, damn. You want out- to outro the show with his uh, his theme song?
2: Yeah, I think that's appropriate. I think it's, it's an appropriate AC/DC, reward. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's an appropriate reward for a job well done through eight weeks of football. It'd be it'd be it'd be terrible if anything bad happened to his team's
1: oh, he's winning both championships this year, 100 percent Guaranteed. Guaranteed.
2: Just like Josh assured me, the Eagles are going to go 17-0 and then win the Super Bowl. There's no way it won't happen.
1: Son of a bitch. <laughs> All right, cool. We'll be back next week with the Week 9 recap. We should be back to business as usual from this point on. Uh, for Matt, for producers Josh and David, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you guys on the next week. Love you, bye. Love you, bye.
0: high society God's gift to ballroom notoriety and I always fill my ballroom the event is never small the social pages say I've got the biggest balls of all I've got big the- ballroom always full and everybody comes and comes again if your name is on the guest list no one can take you higher everybody says I I believe that my big ball should be held every night